I hope you have your copy of God's Word today, and if you'll find uh, your Bible and open it with me to Luke chapter 2, and uh, we're going to start with Luke chapter 2. Wasn't it great to see the children in here for that? And Merry Christmas to all of you. Luke chapter 2, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all of these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd seen and heard, which just as they had been told. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray that you might speak to us through your word. And Father, I pray that we'd be attentive to listen in these few moments. Father, I thank you for the opportunity for us to meet with you and to worship you. And the Lord, we know you're right here among us and with us and speaking to us. Father, I pray that today that we, our hearts would be open, our ears would be attentive, and Father, for these moments, we might listen to you. I pray that we might respond in repentance and faith and trust in you. Lord, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This morning, I want to talk about why Christmas, continue that theme. 
And today I want to talk about that Christmas is exactly what you need. Now, I don't know about you when you were a kid, but we, we, uh, we do this in our house today. Christy, she is always asking everybody in the family, give me a Christmas list, things that you might want for Christmas. And so then she looks at that list and decides if she's going to buy some of those items. And so it's a little bit different than when I was a child. I don't ever remember my mom asking me really what I want for Christmas. As a matter of fact, I could pretty much predict what I would get for Christmas. It would include socks, underwear, and probably a pair of shoes. Because my mom believed that Christmas is about giving what you need, not what you want. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you had a frugal mom like that too. Amen. Today... I'm not going to give you a message that you necessarily want, but I'm going to give you a message that you need. Hallelujah. And this is what you need. You need good news of great joy. We live in a world where there's a lot of bad news, amen? A lot of it we made ourselves. And we need good news of great joy. We live in a world that's joyless and thankless and lonely. And you know, that's exactly the kind of existence the shepherds had. It says they were abiding in their fields. What does that mean? It means they lived out in the field. They camped out in the field. They slept on the hard ground. They stayed with their sheep night and day. It was often a thankless job, often a joyless job. They were considered of the lowest rung of a worker in their day. But the good news came to shepherds that are abiding in the field. Why did God send the good news to shepherds? Because the good news is for everybody. Oh, no matter what class you're in, you're, the good news is for you. But also God would send one who would shepherd his people. And so he sent the message to shepherds. He says it's good news of great joy. We live in a joyless world. There's great importance in joy. Even the medical community says that joyful people have less chance of a heart attack, less chance of sickness, less lower blood sugar, lower blood pressure, lower cholesterol. Joy boosts your immune system. It helps fight stress. That's what the medical community says. But true joy is not just pleasure and it's not just happiness. True joy is not just less stress. Joy is a gift from God. Amen. It's a gift of God. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. This comes from the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And my joy is found there. I'll tell you what the joy killers are, the worries of this life. They choke out the joy in your life. They make life drab and dull and just duty. The other thing that chokes out our joy are fears and anxieties. They eat away and gnaw at you. Loss, disappointments, brokenness of sin, broken relationships. Stealing away the true joy of life. But my friends, you're looking to the wrong source for your joy. Amen. The joy is found in the Lord. And this is the good news of great joy. You remember John the Baptist's mother. 
Her name was Elizabeth. And while she was, she was older in her age when she conceived. Zacharias, it was a miracle, this priest whose wife is now going to have a baby in her old age. And she's a relative of Mary's. And Mary, after it's announced to her that she's going to conceive and have a child, she goes to visit her close relative, Elizabeth. And while Elizabeth was fully pregnant and much further along in her pregnancy, six months or more, whenever she heard Mary's voice when she came into the house, she gave probably the customary Hebrew greeting, shalom, peace. And when she entered the house, the baby leaped in the womb of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and cried out in a loud voice, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that my Lord would come to me? My Lord would come to me. And when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. There was, can you imagine? Even that little baby in her womb, not even born, was filled with joy at the presence of the Lord. What an amazing thought. Joy. Joy's all in this Christmas narrative. You can just hear it in the words of those magi that come from the east, can't you? In the day when Herod was king, and they came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he born, king of the Jews? We've come to worship him. But not everybody was joyful. When Herod heard these things, it says he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Because there was no joy in Herod, but there was insecurity in Herod. Isn't that interesting? But they were filled with joy. And the wise men, when they saw the star after they'd met with Herod, and the star led them, it says they were filled with exceeding joy and great joy at the presence of that star that led them to the house. And they went into the house, and they fell at their knees, and they worshipped him. And they opened up their treasures and presented him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. The house was filled with joy. Why? Because they had seen the king. I'll tell you, when you see the king, that's where the joy's at. In your presence is fullness of joy. Wow. We live in a joyless world. Tinsel, trees, presents, food, food. More food and family and more family. They cannot be the source of your joy. Amen. The joy is in the Lord. Born for you this day in the city of David is a savior. You need good news that's for you. Not only good news of great joy, you need good news is for you. Born for you. He's for you. For the lowest workers on the lowest pay scale, disregarded profession, to those shepherds, he said, born for you. He's for you. 
I want, to listen to, I want you to listen to the greatest news in all the world. Christ came for you. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him, believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life is still the greatest news in all the world. Born for you this day in the city of David is a savior. He is for you. He wants you. Listen to me this morning. He cares about you. The Lord loves you. Amen. Whatever else you may be feeling on this Christmas day, the Lord is with you. And he is for you. And this has been written in indelible ink eternally in the heavens. God sent his son for you. He's for you. The third thing that you need is you need a savior. Boy, do you need a savior. Amen. Born for you this day in the city of David is a savior. I'll tell you, you need a savior because you are lost in your trespasses and sin. Amen. He will save his people from their sins. The angel told Joseph, you need a savior because you need to be rescued. Now look, just, you just look around this room. Y'all are a miserable lot without Jesus. Amen. You really are. You're lost. You're enslaved and you're dead in your sin. Yes, Lord. Dead in your trespasses and sins. You're not just, you know, a little messed up. You're way messed up. And if you say that you have no sin, you, don't, you deceive yourself and the truth's not in you. Amen. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. How many of you in this room agree that you're a sinner? Raise your hand. Yeah, the rest of you are just lying. Amen. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not even one. All we like sheep have gone astray, and everyone has turned to his own way. Listen, you're lost, you're dead in your trespasses and sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Amen. You're dead. You can't save yourself. You can't rescue yourself. If I went just outside of Cesar, Illinois, where my grandmother is buried, I loved her dearly. And my grandfather is buried right next to her. And what if I went to my grandmother on this cold December morning, stood over that frozen ground and looked down at that cemetery plot looked at the headstone and saw her name and cried out, Grandma, don't just lay there. Get up. It's Christmas. Grandma, you need to get a better attitude. Grandma, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. She's not going to respond because that body in that grave is dead. And we can't go around and preach a gospel that says, just pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Amen. You need a Savior. Yes, and He is Christ the Lord. Amen. The Bible says the soul that sins will surely die. Because God is holy and we are sinful and we are dead in our trespasses. And I can't have, I can't, the only way for me to be saved is in Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Amen. Some of you might arrogantly say, well, I'll just take my chances. 
No, it's not a chance. It's a sure deal. You reject Jesus, you go to hell. Amen. But you trust Jesus, you find life. Yes, if I don't tell you the truth this Christmas and just give you fluff, what kind of message is that? Amen. You need a Savior. Yes, Lord. And he's Christ the Lord. Amen. Some people mindlessly and arrogantly say, well, I'll just... I'll take my chances. You know, I'm not that bad. Compared to so-and-so, compared to so-and-so. Listen, the stackpole against which you will be measured is not so-and-so, but it's Jesus Christ. And we all fall short of the glory of God. Third thing I want you to know is God loves you, and he sent Christ to save you. God demonstrated his own love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Christ was the perfect man, and he died for you, bearing all of your sin on the cross. The just one died for the unjust ones, that he might bring us to God. Jesus Christ died and rose again so that you might be saved, and your only hope is found in him. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. Now listen, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All who call on him. Fourthly, you need a king. Born for you this day in the city of David is a savior. You need a savior. Who is Christ the Lord. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the king. And he is the ruler. In Matthew 2 it says, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. You know what? You need to be ruled by a good shepherd, and that's the Lord. He is our good shepherd. He cares for us. He alone, now listen, Jesus alone knows you. He loves you, and he can guide you. And he can shepherd you, and he can care for you. Now listen, listen. Self-rule is oppression. When you say, I want to be my own boss, it's a sure road to enslavement. But Christ's rule is glorious freedom. And you need Jesus as your king. Not only that. You need a God who's with you. In Matthew chapter 1, it says, quoting the prophet, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which translated is God with us. He is with me. He is with us. He is with you. Do you believe that? God is with us. Would you just say that out loud? God is with us. Say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now, I want, you to, I want you to say this. Just whisper this to yourself. I want to hear you whisper it. Whisper it. 
God is with me. Now tell your neighbor, God is with you. God is with us. Tell your neighbor, God is with us. He is with us. Do y'all believe that? Amen. Wow. What joy! He's with us! And he's for us. Christ is your savior. Christ is your brother. We're part of God's own household. We're joint heirs with Christ. He comes to aid you, to comfort you. He intercedes for you. Your name is written on his hand. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. He's with you today. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. This morning, in Ukraine, our brothers and sisters gathered in full houses of worship. They gathered in cold, dark churches. They worshiped in church buildings with no heat. Bundled up in below zero temperatures. One pastor said, we've removed all of the pews from the church because so many people want to come. There's only room to stand huddled together. And they rejoiced in a war-torn country and sang joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. In freezing cold, lost all of their possessions, separated from their family. One Romanian pastor said, it's because they worship in joy because they're focused on the truth. God is with us and he will never leave us. That will change your attitude this Christmas. That's what you need. You need a savior. You need good news. You need good news that's for you. You need a king to rule and govern your life, not you. And you need a God that's with you. And that's who Jesus is. Now my question is, do you know him? Have you given your heart and life to him? Do you hear him? Listen, do you hear him today? Come unto me, all ye who labor and heavy laden, and I, I alone, will give you rest. Today, this is what you need. And he's here today. And you can know him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the great hope that's found at Christmas and the great good news that's for us all. Lord, if there's some person here today that doesn't know Christ 
or feels far away and estranged in their relationship with you, I pray that they might turn by faith and trust in Christ and find the real meaning of Christmas today. Lord, I pray they pray a prayer like this. Dear God, I know that I've sinned, made a mess of my life, and gone their own way. Lord, self-rule has brought nothing but oppression and pain in my life. God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I believe that you sent him because you love us. And I believe that he lived the perfect life. And I believe that he showed us your love. And I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. And I believe, Father, he rose again and defeated death and sin and provided a way of forgiveness. And God, I turn from my sin and I trust in Jesus, your son. And I ask you to forgive me. I have no righteousness as my own. I trust in you. God, I'm calling on you. Save me, God. Save me. I, I, I put my faith in you. Thank you, God, for loving me. I trust you now. In Jesus' name. Amen.